0: Hello, everybody. It's the Farm and Garden Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Archer. So nice to be back with you after a couple weeks off. I guess I was technically here last week, but it was a recorded show. As always, special shout out to my daughter, May, who is very excited for the Easter egg hunt coming her way this weekend. And maybe you all are, too. It's also Passover and the month of Ramadan. So quite a few holidays going on right now. Uh, my guests today I'm particularly excited about because they are literally from my backyard, from the Ukiah Garden Club. I have Debbie Leland and Bob Farnbach of the Ukiah Garden Club. Welcome!
1: Hi. Thank you.
0: Debbie is a master gardener and has been a Garden Club member since 2012, serving as the secretary, treasurer, and co-president at various times throughout the years. She comes from a gardening family. Her father was part of the very first farmer's market in Ukiah. Bob attended the horticulture program at Mendocino College before becoming a certified nursery man for 10 years. Bob has been a lifelong avid gardener and joined the Ukiah Garden Club in 2019. Did I get all of that right? You
1: did. You did.
0: Oh, great. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. Something I didn't actually tell either of you before this interview is that my husband and I met at the Garden Club.
2: How sweet.
0: And then we bought a house around the corner from the Garden Club. <laughs>
2: Did you meet at a plant sale? We met at At
0: the Inland County Beekeepers meeting when they were still having those meetings. Oh, nice! That's exciting. It was. I'd been in the county for three days, and the person I was staying with took me, and there he was, and the rest was history. Oh, that's fun! That was. We went on our first date that night. So, I love the Garden Club a already. Romance. It it really is. And then just to yeah, to have our house right around the corner is very special and we walk our daughter by and say, "Yeah, that's where we met." Oh, sweet. And I also just think it's such an amazing community resource. So, if you could just tell me a little history of the Garden Club. So
2: the Garden Club dates back to 1947. Bob can tell you maybe more about the house, but that's when we became part of the California Garden Association. And um, originally it seemed to be more of a ladies' club, but we're definitely open to more people. Our mission is to provide information to the public about um, good gardening practices, to encourage them to garden. We have some civic projects. We do... um, We help maintain the circle garden at the museum. We have a scholarship program, which maybe later we could talk a bit about. Absolutely. And um, we are part of the um, the California Garden Club Association's Penny Pines program, which um, when we uh, dedicate a person in the club that's done some good work for the club and they get a little grove of trees planted
0: oh my gosh i've never heard of that and penny that's... pines is a
2: big deal and it's penny pines because people used to contribute pennies that's and true. when you had enough money then you could buy a little plot
0: oh my gosh this is the first time mm. i have heard of this program that's really special there it is yeah so. cool oh you learn something new every day
1: okay. and the building mm-hmm. itself was donated to the garden club in 1956 as a legacy from julia shin her family donated the house And so she, they wanted us to have our own house and not have to rent space somewhere else and our own garden, which has been planted many times by many members. (laughs) And it's interesting this year with all the rain, a lot of things we we weeded last year and now this year. Not having the opportunity, the wonderful plants that have come back that we didn't realize were planted there.
0: Oh, yeah. I wonder if more will come because they're saying next year is also supposed to be a very wet year.
1: Well, we'll work around it. It wasn't wasn't good for some plants that don't like the the water.
0: Keep talking. I'm just fixing our microphones. Maybe try moving your microphone just a little bit closer to your mouth. We want to make sure everybody can hear you nice and loud and clear out there in radio land.
1: Anyway,
2: so I could tell you about the scholarship program. Yes,
1: please. Yeah. Let's talk about the scholarship
0: so,
2: program. So um, we have um, we give five hundred dollars each sem- semester to usually students from Mendocino College College who are in the Ag department. But this last year, or last semester, we picked two young boys from. Um, the South Valley School, with their Big Picture Ukiah program. They've been working for the last couple of years at Mendocino College as um, sort of students there, but not really students. And they have... Um, they We just got glowing reports about the kind of work and progress that they've made, and it was sort of a feel-good moment. I'm a retired teacher, and the idea that you've got local students who are really trying to turn their lives around was pretty exciting.
0: Well, and South Valley is a stone's throw from the Garden Club, right, Yeah, so that's perfect synergy.
2: Mm-hmm. But this is a wonderful program. If you don't know much about it, it's just the idea is to um, give the students another resource in life where they, they find a skill set or an, um, an activity they really like, and then they um, are given the um, time and mentorship to pursue that.
0: I think South Valley is such a cool school. Right. Um, College is no longer a guarantee of any kind of, you know, successful, high-paying career. And we need people going into trades. Right. And there are plenty of wonderful careers out there for for tradespeople and other non-college-based careers. Not that South Valley kids can't go to college, but it, it shouldn't be the only path we encourage. And
2: actually, it's a good program maybe for the high school to pick up, too as a way of mentoring students to uh, future careers.
0: Absolutely. I'm well,
1: too. Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, they did have some for a while. I don't know. did they still do at Ukiah High? I don't think so, <clears throat> yeah.
0: So how do you fundraise for the scholarship? So um,
2: we did, um, the carpenters, when they passed away, we, they said they had wanted scholarships to be part of our, um, one of our main focuses. And so the, a lot of money was donated in their name. Um, When they died and but we when we fundraise like our plant sale, the money for that is designated towards scholarships and supporting the house. But but scholarships are our biggest um, item.
0: Well, let's, we're going to talk about the plant sale now and again later, so people who tune in late get the opportunity to hear about yes. it, and people who turn tune out early get the opportunity to hear about <laughs> it. Um, I think the plant sale is probably your most recognizable yearly activity, that and the, maybe the Christmas rummage sale, which right. I love. But it used yeah. to
1: be before COVID, it was a Christmas tea. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh huh. So you had baked goods and gifts and other things. Right. Now that's all changed and there's more focus has been put on the plant sale because that could be held outside. Right. But our plant sale this year is April twenty second and twenty third.
0: Coming right up.
1: Coming right up. First Nine day. to two on Saturday and ten no 9 to three on Saturday and ten to two on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's the twenty second and the twenty third. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what's the address of the Ukiah Garden Club?
2: 1203 West Clay Street.
0: And you can tell by the... Sweet um, little house with the white picket fence. (laughs) And I know your historical fence recently was unable to be repaired. Mm -hmm. uh, which
1: It was built with masonite. Masonite (laughs) is not meant to be um, in the weather.
0: Mm.
1: It's a composite.
0: That makes sense.
1: So it wasn't painted all the time or maintained all the time. The water would soak in it, would fell apart.
0: Well, the fence, the new fence looks great. Doesn't it?
2: So Bob does a lot of the gardening at the um, garden club, and he's found over the winter some plants that we, like he said, we didn't know existed and some that are just thriving, like hellebores. Are they still blooming? The
1: Hellebores are looking wonderful. Somebody yeah. said and you they're should in the dig front some yard. up and put them in the sale, and I said, no, next year, because they look so good, and we would like a whole patch of them. That's a Lenten rose. Um, it blooms this way.
0: Downward. Uh, bell-shaped. Uh-huh.
1: Bell-shaped. Bell-shaped. It's something that I grew up with having in the yard and would always be for Lent. You'd have those bouquets in the house. Um, other things we found were some uh, windflowers. Mm. Uh, Greek anemones apparently from the Balkans. And we would we weeded this patch last year to keep the true geraniums and aspidistras and, edith- and belbergias and... All of a sudden, there's this sea of blue, and it's these little windflowers that only bloom when it's kind of sunny out. Uh huh. They close up when it gets cloudy, and it's it's quite a wonderful thing. And the other thing is the bills, which are true geraniums. We have such a variety of them in the back garden that nobody ever kept track of what was there. Uh, the original plans for the garden are so old <laughs> that it doesn't identify the plants that are there anymore. And uh, so
0: many gardeners go through there. Everybody, I'm sure, puts their own touch on it. Um,
1: that really wasn't what the, the garden was before. It was their own gardens, that people we would come and help people in their own garden and not the club garden. That was kind of a lost art. The person that really kept track of what was in the garden has since passed. Oh, and didn't keep a record, that we a mental re- mental record. A right? No, she record. knew what they were. She <laughs> knew what they were. Yeah, but we do not. So it's now with an app on a phone. Thank you, Deborah. Oh, yeah. You can actually tell, find out what the plants are, and then we're happy because that makes a big difference.
2: What app are you using? I just, on my, my iPhone, it just says info on the picture, and I click on it, and it gives me a couple choices, and usually it's, I'd say 80% of the time it's accurate. Wow. I want to hop back to the Lenten roses. I just found out recently, because I've never been successful with them as cut flowers, if you wait until their stamens Drop, and it's it's um, they last longer. I've got some I cut a week or so ago, and they're going strong. Otherwise, they wilt if they still have the little yellow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's a little. Tended. Does it
0: work if you just pull the stamens off, or do you have to wait for them? You have na- to wait because it, drop. it
2: changes the texture of the plant. Uh-huh. The flower—it's more um, succulenty. That's not yeah. really a word, but it's yeah. like that.
1: Fibrous, yeah. more fibrous. Yeah,
2: and yeah. they're sturdier, and also cutting down to the um, ground level not just a, a shorter stem. Mm. So for people that like them in bouquets, there's a, a better there's way a to little, deal with
0: it. There's a little tip to make yeah. them last longer. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah but you really, in, in a container or anything, if you grow them, it's better to have them up a little higher mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you can actually see them. So yeah, because they do tilt. in an urn shape. In the ground, I have a difficult time growing them. The ones I ignore, they are really happy. And the ones I really want in a certain spot, the ground is just too heavy
0: they have other plans for you for them uh, for
1: themselves The soil needs to be more friable so the texture has to be so it will drain better
0: so where do the plants in the plant sale come from
1: all the members will bring plants either they've dug up or grown Um, just like my sister grows tomatoes and basil every year in her greenhouse and she brings them in Uh, the whereas have a large greenhouse, and they're very. They propagate South African plants, and they bring those in. Um, we dig up some from the grounds themselves. This year will be Japanese anemones, and maybe some cranesbills and some salvia or some some true sage, mm-hmm. um, that cooking sage. And otherwise, it's whatever people ha- have divided or. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, whether it's from seed or from divisions, or actually bulbs or roots or whatever it will be, and you never know. I was going to say you it's a you surprise. I could say, <laughs> well, we're going to have this, this, and this, but you never know because you get surprises. All of a sudden, last year we had a gentleman who's not a member. There's the best. That brought in three card loads of plants.
2: <gasps> wow! And and lovely plants like. Had, gorgeous,
1: yes. He succulents. had come from somewhere else and was growing all these plants in his yard. And and if you're out there, Steve, thank you. Um, <laughs> it was a wonderful thing.
0: Well, that's cool. So it's just kind of like a, a grab bag every year. You you never, don't, you don't yeah, know what's going to show. You don't show. know what's going to be. There's there. always we some still gems. Have some I'm sure. Some things left
1: over. So we still have um, some strawberry guavas Ooh. that are a name variety in little four inch pots and they're slow growers so they're only about two inches tall now but they will take off and they finally look better with all this rain But um, and the gentleman who propagated them has also passed so we used to have a lot of uh, native plants that he would donate for mm-hmm. the sale and that's what's happening with our membership. It's the, the mm-hmm. members are passing, and we're hoping that our sale and our attitude about gardening will <laughs> promote the Garden Club to people,
0: attract some new members. Right. That would
1: be a wonderful thing.
0: And what are the terms of membership? How does one become a member at the Ukiah Garden it's, Club?
2: So Bob's membership chair, but we, oh, were, good. we were talking about this today. <laughs> Currently, our website is not. Updated. It's one of those side effects of COVID where people are just not on top of some of the jobs. We've I, kind of slacked off.
1: I would say come in to the mm-hmm. the plant sale. Um, membership forms will be available. Uh, single membership is forty dollars for the year, and a couple uh, membership is sixty dollars a year.
0: Very affordable.
1: Very. And mm-hmm. we, our meetings are once a month from September through May. Except for December, and it's the right. second Wednesday. Yes, always the second Wednesday. Second Wednesday at twelve thirty is when the meeting starts, but we have a, a, a get together at a from noon noon to twelve thirty.
2: So our next one is April twelfth, and it's someone from the Audubon Society talking to us about birds. Fun, right?
1: Yes, yes. Audubon Society. Talking Do you have
0: a a drop-in fee for non-members? No,
2: no member, or the public is welcome. They okay. can just come in. And um, we encourage people to be members, but you certainly can come in. Um,
1: and enjoy the program and enjoy yeah. the uh, meeting other people who like to garden. And enjoy some goodies that somebody brought in. Someone always brings something. There's always good we food. All, <laughs> we have a hosting <laughs> schedule for people to bring in. Sure. This time it's my sister and my Self and a bunch of other people who are out bringing things in. Ooh, yummy! Yeah, never know till the day what's going to (laughs) be I feel
0: like that's a theme with the garden club. You just got to show up and see what's going to happen. Well, it's changed because
1: (laughs) some people are have to be gluten free, so that everybody's adapted.
2: But it's there's savory things too. I mean, there's like meats and and cheeses and.
1: lovely and fresh fruit
2: so yeah no it's always good
0: so second Wednesday of every month except you take the summers off it sounds like right which is smart
2: and May is a field trip so I'm not sure how that would be for just a drop in we're going to Potter Valley yes got it That's different. But part of the garden club is also a subgroup called the flower rangers. And so we meet once a month year round, the fourth Tuesday of the month at two o'clock. And it's a group of members that like to put flower arrangements together. And we have someone demonstrate a type, and then we all, the next month, we bring that particular type in. Oh, interesting. So that's the biggest reason I'm in the f- the garden club is because I love flower arranging. I also
0: love flower you arranging. you should stop by. Just, I was a florist in college. <laughs>
2: just check us out. Come um, this Thursday, not this Thursday, but the fourth Thursday of the month. 28th. Yes, I think it's the 28th. We're doing horizontal arrangements. so
0: Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. And then we tempting. do field trips,
2: too. Cool. During the summer, we go to different
1: places. and
0: I feel like you came on this show just so I could be convinced to
2: become can. a member.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes.
2: <laughs> and I think, because I, I'm not on the board right now, but my understanding is you guys are looking at different ways of um, having meetings, different times. Yes, we are. So um, it's not just for retired people?
1: Right, because the membership is getting older, and... Uh, well, some of the people that are members really can't make the meetings because they work. Sure. So we've got an option on uh, the membership form to check out, check different times that would be better for you uh, for a meeting. I know it's happened in the past that we've had meetings at 6 o'clock. You know, So we're hoping that that will help increase our membership and bring in a little different demographic. Hmm. Um, And it might not be the same speaker that the regular meeting would have, but I am more than happy to be there and paraphrase what happened at the meeting and do a tour (laughs) of the garden and anything else people would like to do.
0: I'm actually the speaker for your October meeting. Are you? I'm coming to speak about Carson and bees. Um, not Carson and bees specifically, but just about bees, honeybees. Oh, cool. Okay.
2: So, so Sue got you. She Sue
0: got me. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sue, if you're listening. Well, and Sue got you. That's how this show exactly. came to be. So That's I love great. the small community mm-hmm. um, way of doing things. And I'm just so pleased that you joined me today. And if you are just tuning in, this is the Farm and Garden Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Archer. I'm joined today by two members of the Ukiah Garden Club, Debbie Leland and Barb Farnbach. Debbie has been a, is a master gardener and joined the Ukiah Garden Club in 2012, and Bob was a nurseryman for 10 years and joined in 2019. So we have some real gardening experts, although when I tried to call them that, they both kind of scoffed. So that's how you know someone's really an expert, when they won't admit to being one. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll open the lines in a little bit for folks who have gardening questions. Um, and for now, I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit about your own gardens and what you're doing right now to prepare for the... I mean, I know it's been spring for a minute, but it hasn't really felt very springy mm-hmm. So, for the upcoming season.
1: Well, what you need to be doing right now is eliminating all the weeds.
0: Sure. While they're little, to
1: <laughs> tomorrow is a full moon. Okay, so the weeds will just take off. So Tell, you know, say
0: more about full moons and weeds.
1: Full moons and plants. And plants. Yeah. They just make them grow and just like it's pulling them out of the ground. Interesting. It, it's the gravity The of gravity pull, sure. Okay, just like the tides. Well, it does the same thing to plants. And if you don't get those weeds in control now, you'll be fighting them the rest of the year. Now is the time to do it. The soil is like butter and just pull them out or dig them out, whatever it takes. You need to do it now and that will help to eliminate the pests because they're harboring down below Mm -hmm. on the ground. You've got the slugs, the snails, the sow bugs, the earwigs, and those nasty little black beetles that eat everything. They eat bulbs, they eat leaves, they eat citrus. You need to eliminate as much as you can, as fast as you can. Talk
0: a little more about the black beetle, because there are so many species of beetle. And when I'm out in my uh, garden, I see, you know, tons of different kinds of beetles, and I never know which ones to... They're little black
1: ones. Okay. Okay. And they came into the valley on ornamental plants about 30 years ago. And they are horrible. So they're just
0: little and pure
1: black. Pure black. They're not the assassin bugs, they're just a little black beetle, and they will notch leaves out of citrus, they will eat the roots, they will eat into uh, bulbs, Um, they'll destroy plants. And they harbor under pots. Okay. So you see them in the ground, but more often you'll find them under pots. Oh,
0: I'm gonna go turn all my pots. So check your (laughs) pots,
1: get rid of the slugs and snail, the slugs that are in the pots, and if you see these little black beetles, just smash them. You've got to get rid of them. Um, They, when they first hit the valley, uh, it was recommended that you spray everything with diazinon. Sorry, I I couldn't do it. Yeah, we don't do that either. And now it's not, it's not in California anymore anyway. But. That was the procedure. Now it's roundup,
0: right? Or I guess roundup is for, No, but there's no, so many other ways to deal Lance, with bugs yeah. before
2: you get to
1: that point. Yeah. You know, we'd rather yeah. not do any of those Yeah, things. we don't want to use any we of those don't, chemicals. Yeah, just or, smash or, them. Or, or, yeah, just smash get them. Get your
0: stress out on those that's beetles oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> or slugs <Yeah>. and snails. <laughs> <laughs> or earwigs, you just pinch them. Oh, little,
0: the earwigs are so gross. Just pinch
1: them. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot more earwigs than anything, so. And oh, we means have a they have a place to
0: To live, yeah. That's the thing about getting rid of
1: debris. Because they like that. What litter? Leaf litter. Leaf Mm -hmm. litter. It hasn't been picked up, especially with the rain. We've been very difficult. The trees stopped and rained so hard and nobody got around to cleaning up. If you clean up, they don't have a place to hide. Also, too, with earwigs, you can put out rolled up newspapers. Mm -hmm. Since the newspaper can go in the green bin. Oh, so you're just catching, you're building a home. And and Mm -hmm. just take and put it in the green bin. Mm-hmm. Say and that will work. Love it. Okay, because you've got to get rid of them because they're nasty. And I used to think sow bugs were a good thing, and then I discovered they're not.
0: So are sow bugs one of the many words for like pill bugs, pill bugs. or roly polies?
1: Yes. They'll work on the roots just like everything else. Yeah.
0: So I don't have to tell my daughter to be nice to them. Anymore. Yeah, no, no, you
1: have to be nice to ladybugs.
0: <laughs> ladybugs, ladybugs, no problem. Great. Okay, that and one's not, easy, and
1: not the ones that people call diabolical cucumber. beetles. Green ladybugs. The they cucumber
0: are not, beetles, right? Mm-hmm. They're uh, bad.
1: No, they're not cucumber beetles, but they're a beetle. Okay. It's mm-hmm. different. Cucumbers have a little different shape. Oh, okay.
0: Thank okay. you. Okay.
1: But the green ones, just generally. The green <laughs> ones the spots. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll eat everything. Right. So you want to get rid of those too.
0: I always really struggle with aphids.
1: This year, the best solution is to, it's probably because the plants are being grown in a protected spot and didn't get the rain.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Okay. Because the rain would wash them away. Right. Because they're being an, an overhang or in a protected spot, smashing works really well. Um, <laughs> what about spraying with a hose? Does Spray that just- with a hose, but you need to try to get them all. Right. If you come down, that where well, you have to use something. One of the soap remedies will work—a mild soap solution. Okay. Um, mm. To kill them because they're. Right now, if they're in a protected spot, they're still supple. And as I said, smashing or spraying, it'll just soak right up. Try not to use some major insecticide. You don't need to. No, It's aphids. You know. So
0: for a soap solution, is that something you'd put in a spray bottle? Yes. And what's the... Uh-huh.
1: Don't know one offhand. <laughs> Google, yeah. Google it. Mm-hmm. Google it, or you know they move, they used to make safer soap products, and I I know there are lots of things on the market. It's just like for weed control, you can use um, vinegars, a vinegar mm-hmm. solution to spray and right. kill the weeds. Um, you can't do that for for. Um, Crabgrass, that doesn't work. Oh,
0: man. Crabgrass is...
1: Digging, digging, We dug our whole
0: front yard up this year because of the crabgrass. Yeah,
1: and the pre-emergence you don't want to use. It's worse than anything else. What's that? I don't know what that is. A pre-emergent you can use on crabgrass that prevents it from sprouting, but if it's already sprouted, it doesn't work. Sure. So you just have to broadcast it over. Big fertilizer or insecticide places market a pre-emergent. Um, but that means you've removed all the stuff that's growing and then you could put it on and yes, it will it'll stop it from emerging. But that's- once it's emerged, it doesn't work.
2: So does your crabgrass grow, is it like in your lawn or is it... Yeah. So what I did a couple years ago, is, I, maybe six years ago, I killed my lawn intentionally. That's the drought yep. had destroyed it. And so I put down white plastic and I solarized it. And um, six weeks later... It was gone. Dug it up. I literally went down about six inches at least to get that stuff away. And then I put cardboard down and new soil on top of that. And I have not had an issue with it coming back in my front yard.
1: Okay, that's promising. We dug it all up. Mm -hmm. and you cover it with plastic and bake it.
2: Yeah, no, it got fried. It hasn't been hot
0: yet.
1: So, no,
2: I did. I started like in June. Uh My my poor husband had hip surgery. So I just jumped on in and did it before he could stop me. But I, (laughs) (laughs) he's on board with it now. And just cover it with the white plastic for six weeks. And the heat of July just killed it. And that was, it's been really successful
0: it is very hard to get rid of so that is a good tip we, we aren't yeah. even looking at our backyard this year
2: yeah no it, it's a it's a process conquered. but it's been well worth it and besides getting rid of the lawn it provided um, a lot of more diverse plants mm-hmm. which is another way of dealing with bugs if you bring in a variety of really good healthy plants then um, it kind of pushes out the weeds and the bad, bad yeah. plants
0: Yeah, if you don't give it any space to grow. Mm
2: -hmm. And everybody's healthy, it's good.
0: Back to aphids really quickly. I've also heard you can do like a garlic spray. Is that something you've ever heard of?
1: That would work.
0: Because it's garlic's pretty intense. So
1: they wouldn't. But, well, that would also help prevent the deer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's in a fenced backyard. Typically is where we get our aphids. But uh, the deer don't usually come down our cul-de-sac, but I'm sure they would for something really tasty. Uh, Roses. We planted two apple trees in our front yard uh, that have thus far only had a couple apples every year, but we'll see if... We're at the end of the cul-de-sac, so... Uh, they don't really like going down there because no. they're trapped basically. Yeah, well, plus that's probably
1: good. Got their dogs in the area they're,
0: too. we have a dog and
1: yeah that's why. So, that's why so they like they like the more open areas where they can roam. Where I live, they're out there every night. I know mine too. And in, it used to be that the city required you you couldn't have a fence over three foot high 40 feet from the center of the road. Mm-hmm. Now code has changed and you can have a fence taller than that five feet from the sidewalk. Okay. Okay. Because a three foot fence, the deer just walk over. Right. They don't care. And say thank you. <laughs> thank you for the roses. <laughs> thank you for all these things you put out there for us.
2: It, and so in my yard, I put deer, and I've got air quotes deer resistant plants, but deer sample things all the time and check it out. The bigger problem is they'll step on things. Right. And, or use brush their antlers off on trees. Mm. So that's some of the damage I've seen. But otherwise, they've left most of my plants
1: alone since I changed it.
0: What is a deer-resistant plant? Sticky, stinky, mm. yeah.
2: spiky. Sticky, stinky, spiky.
1: <laughs> Stuff that smells well. Like rock roses is uh, one, one. And that has a fragrance to it that they don't like. They don't like any of the sages, salvias. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are lots of those. They don't like... Um, certain herbs at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't like
2: agaves or, or things like that.
1: Or something that's poisonous.
2: Yeah. Well, oleander.
0: like oleander, mm-hmm. which in some areas is illegal to plant oh. because the deer will eat it because there's nothing else to eat. Like Brook Trails, I believe, has yeah. well, a and ban on oleander. And
2: around um, like farm animals and things like that, that would be really devastating. But, yeah, some of the oleanders in town are really old plants. And, like we've got one that's 40 years old in our
1: yard.
0: We have a whole fence line of oleander that came with the house.
1: Exactly. Well, that's why it's there. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I
2: found that lambs ear, they don't mess with lambs ear. They don't mess with verbena. They leave my lilac alone, and I'm not sure why. they don't
1: really eat the lilac. Well, and the whole thing is to, it's when you water. For people who have deer in their yard, try not to water. Uh, I know you want to water in the evening, but... It smells like water when the deer come by mm. and what's the creeks are dry in the summer, mm-hmm. what are they looking for? They're thirsty. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But they're and, not out in the early morning? Are you talking about watering like at 3 a.m. with a timer? Um,
1: oh, okay. Uh, prime example is a school down the street from me, the timers go on at 3 o'clock in the morning. The deer move their way down the street and jump the fence at the school so that they can graze the grass when the sprinklers are running. Mm. So one way or the other, they'll find the water. Um, if you were, or My problem was I planted 12 varieties of rock rose to see which ones the deer would like and which ones didn't. The deer liked them all. Oh, I called no. the supplier, and the supplier said, how often are you watering? And I'm saying, oh, every couple of days, you're watering them way too much. They're not exuding their natural oils, so mm-hmm. they don't smell like a rock rose. They smell like water. Oh, wow. So once I did that, they stopped eating them. But I lost all the big, tall ones because they still like those. So, so how... Just, go ahead. So you, you, there's no guarantee with any plant mm-hmm. being deer-resistant. Another one would be my neighbor across the street. They normally don't eat camellias. They love hers, especially I was they and don't because they, they eat the mine. Thing down. Mine are huge. Hmm. But they've been there a long time. And plus, I used to have two dogs. The dogs would keep them out of the yard when they were younger. Go ahead.
0: I was just gonna say if the answer is to not water, but obviously your plants need water. They need water, and, and yeah. even if you're you don't want to water in the middle of the day because well, that's too right. hot. But the whole
1: thing is that's from overhead watering. If you were watering on an irrigation system mm. at the base, and the wa- the plants didn't smell like water, okay. So, so it's
0: about not getting happens. the foliage
1: wet. But it's not right? getting the foliage wet, because for some of us, we don't have irrigation systems, so we have to hand water. Sure. And for my neighbor across the street, wonderful garden, but the, the irrigation system isn't in. And she waters when she can, which is early evening. And the deer that's come an in, invitation. that's an invitation, <laughs> the deer say, I'm going to hop that fence or I'm going to walk around and stroll through your yard. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess if you just have the mindset that you're a deer-friendly garden.
1: <laughs> you have to live with them. Yeah. Got, <laughs> yeah, They used to shape some of my shrubs, um, uh, viburnum, and they looked like lollipop trees mm. because they ate everything from... Their head height down to the ground. I never had any suckers or anything else. And (laughs) now that the deer can't get in with my hedge, they're huge. Anyway.
0: Well, I didn't think we were going to take a turn into deer, but this has been very Mm -hmm. educational. No, there's no such thing as off course on the Farm and Garden Show. If you're talking about gardening, deer are a huge
1: part. Yes, huge, huge part of being a a gardener. (laughs) Well, it's nice to see them and the baby. The babies like like everything. They'll eat.
2: Well, they
0: don't know. They're they sampling everything. It. They yeah. have
1: to taste it to see yeah. what they like. You know what's the best choice for the deer.
0: So, how much like oleander, for instance, is too much oleander?
1: Any oleander is too much oleander. Okay, in my opinion, I think it belongs in Southern California and shouldn't live up here.
0: Inter- say more, because yeah. my husband hates the oleander.
1: Uh, they bring. Have Have you ever seen aphids on oleanders?
0: I don't check them.
1: They get gold aphids. Okay, mm. and they're nasty.
0: Interesting. <laughs>
1: yeah, specific. But those I think came from the supplier when the when they came from Southern California. Uh, that was the first time I'd ever seen gold aphids, and they were on an oleander. Oh
0: my goodness!
1: But yes, uh, some plants. You know, it would be nice if we could grow bougainvilleas, but it's too cold.
0: So what's a good alternative? Because people do use oleander as that sort of
1: structural evergreen. Um, so have- true, true myrtle. myrtus communis. The deer don't eat it. I have a, a hedge that's over 12 feet high or more, and it's solid. And I planted it because I couldn't put a fence in, but I could have something living. And that changed the, the deer coming into that side of my yard immensely. So they no longer come through because it's Murtis communis. It'll take you a couple years to get some height to it. But it will grow and it will bloom. It has white flowers on it okay. in May. And
2: we have hop seeds. We have about five mm-hmm. hop seeds along the front of our property. And, and you'll see them a lot more in nurseries. We got ours in Santa Rosa originally. But they have, um, when it's cool, the leaves are purplish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, they, then they're green. They grow to about six feet tall, You know, four or five feet wide. And they're, um, when they're in the summer, they get little seed pods, hence the name hop seed. And those, I've actually propagated a couple of those in sort of rechanneled them in different places in our yard they're a really good
0: plant will there be any at the plant sale
2: i doubt it
1: (laughs) i doubt it i doubt it you're
0: holding out on us yeah i know i I hadn't thought about
1: that i actually
2: give them to my family members (laughs) when they want them and
1: and the myrtle uh, i'm sorry yeah they're very few and far between The, the birds have to eat the berries and Process the same I, for, see, you know. I see i see but i can do a goes. plug
2: for whispering winds i know christine has them down there
0: i love i was gonna that's a perfect transition because i was gonna say where do you like to go when you don't have you know a neighbor or a garden club member or a friend to give you the plant that you're looking for
2: in ukai i go to whispering winds um i do like north star on the coast but i've got family on the coast so uh-huh. i'm going over there and kings and santa rosa
0: those are my favorites Yeah,
1: Whispering ones would be okay.
0: Yeah. I always, that's where I like to go. Yeah. That's where we got both of our apples. And yeah, it's just fun to wander Mm -hmm. around in there. Mm -hmm. Although I'm totally unqualified to pick out the things that I want. So (laughs) I have to take experts with me.
1: Yeah, you you have to do your research on, on what you want to grow with. Because you might do something like me. Oh, I'm going to buy these antique apple, uh, a five-way antique apple. Oh, yeah, I know the supplier, and that's really good. Well, it turns out those apples I'm growing are supposed to be for hard cider.
0: Oh, <laughs> you have to be a brewer now. Uh, not anymore.
1: she tree's gone.
0: You decided not to get into uh, the beer-making yeah, business. No, no,
1: no hard cider anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: it is true though that it's so easy to get yourself into hot water um i mean i've seen in nurseries before morning glory like they're literally selling bindweed which <laughs> just, just should be illegal
1: but it's not the same <laughs>
0: it was that it was that particular brand yeah, the, the, of it and this yeah, was no, up in washington state Glories, okay. <laughs> uh,
1: they, they are in the bindweed family but there's not the true bindweed, weed, which has the white flower.
0: This one was a true bindweed, and, and one, it was and mortifying. And, 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 that should be and, 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 yes. Yeah,
1: no, that one's horrible. I have a friend that has that in the yard, and I keep digging, and you can't get rid of they it. They have
2: some of the longest roots I've ever seen. And, and they, they if
1: you leave even the yeah. tiniest bit of a root, it'll mm-hmm. come right back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, and what do you that's do? That's how I feel about so bears breach. Have, that's when you have to do what Debbie did with hers. and Solarize. Solarize it, cover it with plastic, and bake it. For bake a while. it, and then so it will not
0: cardboard and dirt and the sun <laughs> is your ultimate ally in oh yeah no eradication.
2: It, I that was the best thing we ever did, and the amount of wildlife that ends up in our yard now compared before we just had a couple random deer. Now we just have deer and other things coming in. <laughs> so
1: Her yard is is one that started out one way from from the original owners mm-hmm. and. Um it's now mostly natives on one part, is it? Ooh, sort of. It's a okay, it's, it's, it's a mix a of natives
2: of... and drought resistant plants, yeah. kind of, and um flowers that I love.
0: Lovely. That's yeah. what I want. That's yeah. that's what we're moving forward in our place. our yeah. new front yard that I also dug up sort of with my husband's blessing, mm-hmm. sort of not. Yeah, you'll love it. I'm excited. You're... Yeah. Um, well, hey, time is flying. If you're just joining us, it's the Farm and Garden Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Archer. I'm joined today by Debbie Leland and Bob Bob Farnbach of the Ukiah Garden Club. We're talking about all things gardening, spring, pests, the plant sale. And if you have questions, you can give us a call. At, oh my goodness, the, oh, there it is, <laughs> 707-895-2448. You would think I have that number memorized. I think I do have it memorized. Uh, but in live radio land, you want to just read something. So if you have any gardening questions whatsoever, uh, we will do our best to get those answered. Call 707-895-2448. So in your gardens, while we're waiting to see if anyone has a burning question, Do you also grow vegetables? Yes.
1: We both do. You
0: both do? So you have a mix of annuals, perennials, vegetables. With
1: with my garden, I'm the house I grew up in. So my parents were organic gardeners, and the backyard was for vegetables only, originally. Because everything, if you put anything outside the fence, the deer would eat. So that's kind of changed over the years, and so there's more ornamentals than there used to be. But there's the combination. So, yes, uh, ve- tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, beans, peas. But I also have to have sweet peas, flowering sweet peas, because of the fragrance. They're the best. They're mm-hmm. the best. And they're early. Oh yeah, but the whole thing with sweet peas, normally we could plant them in September. But if you planted them in September this year, they didn't stay because it got too cold. Mm. All mine, they they were staying this tall. That's what they do. They'll start in the fall, and then it gets cold, and they stop. And then come spring, the root systems are developed, and they take off.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Because our summer heat takes them out. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay? They're very delicate. Yeah, but the fragrance. And I will tell you, April in Paris is the best variety.
0: April in Paris, yes. Sweet Peas. Per-
1: sweet Peas.
0: Do you have to order those seeds?
1: Renée's Renée,
0: okay. You can get that. Yeah.
1: At, uh, whoever carries Renée's.
0: Friedman's seat. carries Renée's. They,
1: they yeah, I wasn't going to plug anybody, but...
0: Oh, we're uh, not. Yeah, yeah, they didn't... Friedman's didn't pay us for that. Yeah. <laughs> we just. I just <laughs> no, happen I to know that them. they're
1: yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, you can, <laughs> there are lots of fragrant Sweet Peas, but that one, oh can't be beat. Okay. Okay. So when I was weeding
2: the other day and we have we put in a trampoline for my grandkids and we had moved some dirt from a planter around it and there were two sweet peas coming up out of the weeds and it was like so I carefully Moved around them I and I staked them so I could find them again, and I have to move them to someplace else because they'll just get trampled there. But uh, that
0: was a surprise. Well,
1: good yeah. because if they started on their own, that's even better. I know they're sturdy, right? They're going to be sturdy. Have a better root. Have a better root Right, better root right.
0: and that means that's where they want to be. They're I guess. I guess
2: I could leave them there and have it, a pretty trampoline I mean,
1: here. <laughs> other things I know that we'll we'll be having at the plant sale will be Tayberries, berries, oh. which is a blackberry. Boysen no, blackberry raspberry. Cross. Really, I didn't.
0: I've notice. I've heard okay. of Tayberries,
1: but I don't know very much about them. Um Kathy Monroe's bringing them. In. Oh, good.
0: Because
1: I bought them. I bought everything she had last year. Sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> so and uh, we had a, a regional meeting, and one of the members from Potter Valley brought in uh, loganberries. Hmm. And these were for sale, and I bought all of those too.
0: So get to the plant sale before Bob is no, basically. No, yes, yeah, no. so I, he's in charge it, it. of it. So. Oh no.
1: <laughs> no! Well, you no. got them
0: all last year, so no, hopefully.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, I got them all last year. Well, because she kept saying, "I have got these, I got these, I got these." You know, yeah. Some things you have to get there early, and I right. promise not to buy them first.
2: So I know I'm bringing in some dahlias because I divided Ooh. my dahlias. Um, and they're already shooting up. I'm going, no, no, slow down. Um, so I've got five or six of those and a lot of crocosmia.
1: Which are wonderful plants.
2: And you could call them invasive or you could say that they're, you they're, have a really positive word for it.
1: Yeah, well, they, they're, they're friendly. one of those things. There's a yard on gardens that um, the whole front yard is crocosmia. Yeah. They're, do you know
0: about those? I am sure I would recognize them.
1: They have long linear leaves, and they have smallish flowers, tubular kind colored. of things.
0: Yeah,
2: this one's a bright orangey yeah. red. It's yeah. Lucifer's tongue, I think, is its yeah. name. that's the most it sounds
1: common. invasive. <laughs> well, they they do. There's one yard, as I said, the whole yeah. yard. I mean, it'll it's spread if you let them. Wonderful when it's in bloom, you know. But you, that will also take care of the bugs.
0: Mm-hmm. We have a call. Hi, caller. You're live on the air.
3: Hi, I had a question about my tulips and my other bulbs. Okay. When I plant them in my planter garden, my little, uh, probably five feet long by a foot and a half deep, they, um, the green part comes up, but no flowers ever come up. And when I plant, uh, then I take those out and I plant my tomatoes in the same space and I add fresh soil, um, they grow up beautiful and green but no tomatoes ever form no fruit ever comes I don't
0: know. is there any suggestion oh. for that um, i'm we will give you your answer offline okay <laughs> so bob couldn't hear that question for for whatever reason for the the headphones weren't working so her question was when she plants tulips the green part will come up, but no flowers form. And then, when she plants tomatoes in that same area, again, they will form plants, but they won't form fruit.
1: Really?
2: Yeah, I know
0: that's a <laughs> it's short... a head scratcher. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, with, do you the have tulip, deer? The, <laughs> well, the, t- the deer would eat the tulips. They wouldn't have. Do no, anything. you can't have du- you deer can't and have tulips. Tulips and deer. Um, normally, the flower is already formed in the bulb. Okay, so that's why you buy big bulbs, because you can have bigger flowers. Or you That's why you feed your bulbs once they're done blooming, before the leaves die, to make the bulb bigger, so you'll have bigger blooms.
0: For next year.
1: For next year. Right. Okay, if they're not blooming, um, normally people would take and put bone meal below it. And put a little soil on that and push the bulb inside. I've never heard of a tulip not you, blooming for some reason. Do you think something, something
2: from the tomato plant? Something chemical in the soil?
1: Well, something's got to be.
2: I would dig them up and put them in pots and just see and what see happens whether, in the see whether that makes yeah. a difference.
1: Because it could be yeah. something in the soil that's tying, tying up the phosphorus. Mm. And that's what forms the blooms. I mean, is, is she feeding the tomatoes? Once they're in, I don't know. I had to hang up on her so
0: I could tell you. Yeah, this we have another call. It could be her. I'm going to try a different thing that you may be able to hear. So I could hear it. You could hear it. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Nope. I don't know if they hung up or if we just talk too much. Uh, call back if you could hear us and if you still have your, your question. Uh, my mom, who is the one who inspired a love of gardening in me, is not precious about her plants. And if she doesn't like a bulb or it's not performing, she just digs it up and composts it. So uh, call first caller, you may consider just getting some new bulbs. Or put them
1: in pots and see yeah, whether, just see what whether, whether happens. the soil is the problem.
0: But maybe now is the time for her to feed them. To, to see if they could if, if for they, next year, if yeah, she's for, leaving next year. It
1: for next year yeah, yeah now yeah. is the time to feed them and all they're doing is forming leaves then that the, then that would be the problem maybe the the, the bulbs were too small or they were uh, immature bulbs
0: okay we're possibly. gonna try this call again wow. hi caller you're live on the air
4: hi i have a problem with uh in the beginning my glad and my irises these tiny little uh, black beetle looking things and they uh not so much eating um i don't know it just shrinks them up shrivels them up they turn to jello what is that and how do you control that
0: all right well let's see if we can get an answer for you
1: so the the bulbs themselves are turning to jello
0: I think so. Again, I had to hang up on him. Sorry, sounds caller. Like for, sounds I, like they're rotting. I, I had like some
2: issue with the excessive rain earlier this year that some of my ones that had first started coming up got really mushy, yeah. and I just I yeah. cut things down and got rid of the bad tubers, um, but and everything bald, else is quorms, fine now.
1: The yeah, they're, oh, they're, they're flat <laughs> and they have an indentation, and that will take in the water, and that would cause them to rot. I think the rain this year maybe is... It could be, because normally be Gladio, uh, glads are dug up.
2: No, it was, it was iris, wasn't it? Or was it glads? Oh, goodness. I thought I heard iris.
1: I thought I heard glads. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh,
0: well. And I can't remember, because I was trying to turn our mics on and off to... maybe. It's, so anyone calling, we're having just a little <laughs> audio issue, so you can have your question, but then I'm going to hang up on you. So. I was
2: going to say about iris, um, deer don't eat iris.
0: Deer don't like iris. No, but they anything. they'll
2: munch your tulips yeah. the minute yeah. they start yeah. to well, bloom. Yeah. Tulips are the cool. iris yeah. are good.
0: Hi, caller, you are live on the air. Hello. Oh no, we got that same issue. Can you hear me? No. Nope. Well, we're just gonna keep going. Uh, the previous caller also mentioned black beetles, which it doesn't sound like is the cause of. What was going wrong? No, but well, again, whatever kind of
1: bulb, whether it was a uh, with with, if it's an iris problem and they're rotting, too deep maybe, but also mm-hmm. could just be bad rhizomes. Bad rhizomes. Yeah, yeah. R-
2: mine were okay and mine were on the surface, but that just I for whatever reason I felt like they were sitting in too much water.
1: Yeah, and they don't like too much water. Yeah. They want good drainage. So it's you nice need water. well-drained yeah, soil, right? Which just there is so, so, so much I, rain. I, I still, anyway, yeah.
0: All right, we're going to try this call one more time. If this <laughs> one doesn't come through, I'm going to assume it's a problem with the phones. Hi, caller, you're live on the air. Hi,
4: I was the guy that called a minute ago. Um, it's Glad's and irises, both. And it's not from the water. It's this tiny little beetle, black beetle. And I don't know how to control them. Um, kill them. Jello? Are you serious?
1: I'm serious, because the only way I could control them, I don't want to tell you chemically, because I don't know what kind of chemicals would kill them. Um, There's something that was introduced into the valley. It's been now probably 25 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, and you have to just find their spots and kill them. Well, if you pick
4: them and squish them, you know, individually, for a while, it keeps them down, but... That's I know, because they have
1: baby. babies fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. And
4: I think that it. The babies tend to make it where I was saying the, the, uh, the flowers themselves turn to a mush and yes. it's from the babies in the nest inside. So.
1: Yeah, because that what happened <laughs> to my daffodils. I lost the whole patch I planted. The next year, they were gone. Only one came back, and it was the little beetles.
4: Now, here's another question about the glads is that I... Found out you're supposed to dig them up, and yes. I'm finding that they're all rotten. That's rotting. correct.
1: You need to lift them and store them. That's so you can store them in um, used to be wood shavings or something else.
4: Yes. Right, peat moss. Yeah,
1: yeah. because
4: uh, they were coming back less and less every year, and then I started to dig them up, and you know half to two thirds of them were rotten.
1: So too much. Water. I guess they don't
4: like the moisture. All right. Well, thank you very much
1: yeah too much water thanks for the call yeah see people have gotten forgotten the old ways
0: so my mom avid gardener is listening to the show thanks mom (laughs) and she says she lives in seattle tulips won't produce flowers without eight to 16 weeks of chilling maybe the area wasn't Uh, cold enough yes mary archer for the winning answer today there we go
1: thank you mary (laughs) We, we like that one because I forgot about chilling because we used to always take our tulips and refrigerate them. We had a separate refrigerator. Uh, uh-huh. I came back from traveling in Minnesota with, I don't know how many tulips I bought, $500. The tulips <laughs> a, lot of the tulips. a lot of tulips. A lot of tulips. <laughs> and I chilled them all. Okay, for-
0: we have another call. Let's see. Hi, caller, you're live on the air
3: hey this sounds like a garden call-in show um where can i buy uh lemon meyer lemons uh, pears peaches and um orange trees that would grow three miles from the ocean in the sunbelt of fort bragg
1: we live in the valley over here that's (laughs) a difficult question for us to answer the the citrus itself—I uh, don't know how well it does on the coast or three miles in. Even in the Sun Belt, it's. Yeah. <clears> I don't think it's going to be belt. hot enough. I don't know.
3: It gets eighty. It gets eighty in the summer. So that And Cloverdale, as you know, is the citrus capital of Northern California.
2: That's true. Well you might know of so a source, re- a
3: nursery or something. There was a school in Oakland that had a huge. Uh, Orchard And they grew food for the Oakland-Richmond area, and the curator of that got donations of dozens and dozens of uh, lemon, peaches, apple trees from all over California because she was a nonprofit. So that's another option maybe for people. But do you have any ideas where I could get organic, GMO-free trees?
2: Oh. I don't know if Urban Tree Farm does that. In where's Sa- that? In Urban, Santa Rosa? In Santa Rosa, yeah. Um, well, also, or Botanical Garden. Be- I don't know.
1: Also, I think I, I believe Dave Wilson Nursery, which is a wholesaler, is organic.
0: Dave uh, Wilson, uh, where's they, that? Where's... They're
1: located in Sonoma County, but okay. I know they market to a lot of retailers up here. Okay. So you can check and see. That, those are the questions to ask your local nursery. Right. Um, I don't know whether. Can't uh, think of the name of
2: W I L N.
1: Thank you. Uh, oh, I missed the last question. Whether whether.
0: Say that. Uh, ask for that spelling again. Yeah. What was the spelling again?
3: W-I-L-S-O-N, Wilson Nursery? Is yeah, that Dave one?
1: Wilson Nursery. It's a wholesaler. They might retail. They're in Sonoma County. I know they have good variety of deciduous fruit trees. I don't know about uh, uh, lemons and oranges. Up here, lots of people carry them um, because since our climate is changing, you, you don't have to have the protection anymore you used to.
3: There's a huge cherry tree growing in downtown Fort Bragg, right near uh, the downtown area. If I got some limbs off that, could I splice them into another tree and they would take off? Is that possible? Uh, I'm
1: not a grafting expert. I wish that somebody in Anderson Valley every year they have a grafting workshop. In January. In January. How wonderful. Well, you are such
3: the- a source. You're such a good source of information. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for the call. Okay, well, if you can believe it, that's the show. We've gone through a whole hour. I cannot thank you enough, Bob and Debbie, of the Ukiah Garden Club for joining us today. And I hope you will come on again soon. Let's say one more time, Ukiah Garden Club is having your annual plant sale on April 22nd and April 23rd.
1: Our spring plant sale. Spring plant sale. We have one in the fall also. But the spring is really the big deal. Uh, Yes, because (laughs) people are really ready to garden after the rain.
0: Um, And those hours and address are? Uh,
1: 1203 West Clay Street. And It's uh, the 22nd and 23rd, 9 to 3 on Saturday and 10 to 2 on Sunday.
0: Well, thank you again for joining me. This has been an awesome conversation. I will be back in two weeks with more Farm and Garden Show.